0: March 31st, it's the last day of the month. March 31st, 2021, it's 4.54 in the afternoon, and uh, we're going to do a quick episode of Chew the Bible, we'll try to keep this under 30 minutes, maybe maybe even less. So dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy. We thank you for this Psalm 31. Lord, we seek refuge in you. Let us never be disgraced. Save us by your righteousness. Listen closely to us. Rescue us quickly. Be a rock of refuge for us, a mountain fortress to save us. For you are our rock and our fortress. You lead us and guide us for your name's sake. You will free us from the net that is secretly used for us. For you are our refuge. Into your hand we entrust your spirit, our spirits. And you have redeemed us, Lord God of truth. We hate those who devoted who are devoted to worthless idols. But we trust in you, Lord. We rejoice. We we will rejoice and be glad in your faithful love because you have seen our affliction. <laughs> this little goofy thing. I really need to get a new tripod. Oh, I was going to put it down like that. That way. Yeah, there we go. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Bam. All right. Is Verse seven, we will rejoice and be glad in your faithful love because you have seen our affliction. You know the troubles of our soul and have not handed us over to the enemy. You have set our feet on a space in a spacious place. Be gracious to us, Lord, because we are in distress. Our eyes are worn out from frustration. Our whole being is as well. Indeed, our life is consumed with grief and our years with groaning Our strength has failed because of our iniquity, and our bones waste away. We are ridiculed by all our adversaries, and even by our neighbors. We are dreaded by our acquaintances. Those who see us in the street run from us. We are forgotten, gone from memory like a dead person, like broken pottery. We have heard the gossip of many. Terror is on every side. When they conspired against us, they plotted to take our life. But we trust in you, Lord. We say you are our God. The course of our life is in your power. Rescue us from the power of our enemies and from, the, from our persecutors. Make your face shine upon us, your servants. Save us by your faithful love. Lord, do not let us be disgraced when we call on you. Let the wicked be disgraced. Let them be quiet in shield. Let lying lips that arrogantly speak against the righteous and proud contempt be silenced. How great is your goodness that you have stored up from for us who fear you and accomplished in the, your sight of everyone in the sight of everyone. For those who take refuge in you, you hide us in the protection of your presence. You conceal us in a shelter from human schemes, from quarrelsome tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for He has wondrously shown us you have wondrously shown us your faithful love in a city under siege. In our alarm, we said, we are cut off from your sight, but you heard the sound of our pleading when we cried to you for help. Love the Lord, all you faithful ones. The Lord, he protects the loyal ones, but fully repays the arrogant. Be strong and let your heart be courageous. All you who put your hope in the Lord, we thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus for this word. Thank you, Lord. We can be strong. And our heart will be courageous because we put our hope completely in you, God, not in this world, not in our money, not in our savings accounts, not in um our our uh, imaginary futures that are just pictured with no problems, no issues Lord, or our beautiful homes. God, even our children, God, none of that. We don't put our hope in a job Lord. we don't put our hope in any of that, our careers, our abilities. We put our hope completely on you, in you, and on you. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for this word, Exodus 6. It will speak to our hearts and that uh, you would really show us something that will transform our minds, transform our hearts forever. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. All right. But the Lord replied, this is... Uh, Exodus 6. But the Lord replied to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh because of a strong hand. He will let them go. And because of a strong hand, he will drive them from his land. Keep going. God promises freedom. Then God spoke to Moses, telling him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob as God Almighty, but I was not known to them by my by my name, the Lord. I established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land that they lived in as aliens. Furthermore, I've heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are forcing to work as slaves. And I have remembered my covenant. So a few things there. <clears throat> Another in the other Bible, my father's Bible, I was reading, it was saying when it said God Almighty it was saying El Shaddai. That's another name for him. In fact, let me see. I got a list of uh of names of God on this wall. Where is it? El Shaddai. Yep. The God, the all sufficient one. That was also mentioned in Genesis seventeen one. And it says here that I revealed myself to them, but they didn't know my name. So what it said here? Yeah, they did not was not my name was not it said and jacob as god almighty but i was not known to them by my name the lord hmm. that's something i have to read more about other thing that stands out to me is in verse one when it just says you will see what i will do to pharaoh because of a strong hand he will let them go because of a strong hand who would drive them out <clears throat> When I first read that, I'm thinking like I'm thinking of Pharaoh's strong hand, but it's almost as though God doesn't like we're not robots. But in a way, it's like almost like Pharaoh is being Pharaoh thinks he's going to be driving the children of Israel out and in control of this whole matter. But really, it's God that is even allowing him to do that. And like it's God's strong hand that is moving the Israelites out. In that strong hand, I think of like the right hand, seated at the right hand of the father, um, his righteous right hand, his strong right hand. We're going to keep saying that theme over and over again. Um, throughout the Bible, as we read. All right. So what are the notes say now? Here? And Tony of his notes says things were about to get exciting. Now, God said, you will see what I will do. He reminded Moses that he had revealed himself to the patriarchs, though they had not known him by the name the Lord. In recent days, he had heard the groaning of their blood descendants and remembered his covenant. When the Bible says that God remembers, it doesn't mean that he called to mind something that he had forgotten. It means that based on a covenant promise he made, he's ready to act to fulfill his obligation. Based on a covenant promise he made, he's ready to act to fulfill his obligation. When the Bible says that, that God remembers, it doesn't mean that he has for God doesn't forget anything. It means that based on a covenant promise he made, he's ready to act to fulfill his obligation. Hmm. That's interesting because that came up in church on Sunday. The pastor was just saying. He was listening to a song on the way to church and the part where it says, remember, I don't know if you have the song, your children, remember your promise, oh God. And it's like, your grace is enough. That song, that song. And I can't remember exactly what the pastor said. I have to go back and listen to it, but he wasn't in total agreement with it. But now it makes more sense, the context of the word remember whenever it says remember it's referring like of course god doesn't forget his people he doesn't forget his children he doesn't forget anything he's saying like when people declare that it's just saying god remember like it's time like we're it's a request a call to for god to act to fulfill his obligation or his part of the covenant the promises that he has made to you specifically and to the entire body of christ so once again this is something that still blows my mind i don't fully understand why god needs us to call out to him for things when he can just make things happen at the snap of his finger but there's something about the relationship that is developed when you call out and cry out to the lord it's very humbling it causes you to basically lose all of your um what is the word i want to say your pride. There you go. Your pride is broken when you have to call out and cry out to the Lord and be completely dependent on him versus yourself. All right, verse six, therefore tell the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from the forced labor of the Egyptians and rescue you from slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and great acts of judgment. So see, the note says the Lord's outstretched arm refers to his supernatural power that would invade history to such an extent that people would still be talking about it thousands of years later. Yeah, this is one of the most powerful stories in the Bible. The plagues and if you ever seen the movie, the Ten Commandments is a classic. I encourage you to watch it. It's a classic, classic, classic. Let's keep reading. I will, verse seven, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. You will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from the forced labor of the labor of the Egyptians. I will bring you to the land that I swore. I will bring you to the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses told this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their broken spirit and hard labor. Hmm, I wrote a note here saying I can relate. Something about, yeah. Have you ever been in a place where you're so broken? Like even even um, Tony Evans is doing this whole special series about you know, the kingdom man or whatever. I can't remember the exact title of it. But one of the things he said was uh, you can't ask a man to man up until he can first stand. Same thing for a woman. You can't ask a woman to be all that of a woman that god has called her to be if he if she can't even stand up and first and there's so many of us that are hurting so bad like we're so broken by the circumstances of life and yeah work the hard labor of just life like working a job or taking care of kids taking care of other people's kids and just overwhelmed by the weight how <laughs> still the lyric from that song that have you come to the end of yourself do you thirst for a drink from the well jesus is calling and then what's the rest of the word and then it's like um have you come to the end of yourself ah uh. And this is like the song "I'll oh, Come to the Altar." His arms are open wide. Like at some point, you reach a point where God allows circumstances in our lives. To, like the children of Israel had to be in Egypt; it was part of God's divine plan. So they had to realize that they were they needed to be completely dependent on the Lord, and they had grown they had grown comfortable being in slavery and bondage in Egypt. So. Sorry, that's my pop's T V in the background if y'all hear that. But don't worry, I'm about to close this out and check up out of her. All right. So yeah. It's hard sometimes when you have a broken spirit and yeah, you're under the weight of Oh yeah. Are you Are you something by the weight of your sin? are you? over overwhelmed by the weight of your sin yep that's the lyric i was thinking of overwhelmed by the weight of your sin jesus is calling so so many of us are overwhelmed by different things and god is just calling It's like jesus is like hey i'm over here homie call out to me cry out to me all ye who are weary and heavy laden and burden come to me come all to me who are heavy heavy laden burden uh and I'll give you rest there's a rest that God has for each and every one of us but that only happens when we surrender our life to him we first ask him to our heart and then make him lord of our life and then yeah it's a process of daily surrendering to him and yeah he doesn't force himself on us it's a process so yeah, anyway, there's so much more I could probably say about that. Just that line here in verse 9 where it says, Moses told this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their broken spirit and hard labor. It's hard to hear the voice of the Lord when you're so overwhelmed by the weight of your sin and the weight of your, your circumstances and the weight of your problems. And God is like, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Give it over to me. All right, so... It's not just like a magic trick that he snaps his finger and the problems is just gone. It could happen, but it's a process of just learning to trust the Lord and watching Him relieve the burden as you give it to Him, and realizing that you're all God, everything that happens in your life is has to pass through God's hands. So just like with the children of Israel, um this whole situation with Pharaoh and the fact that, yeah, in the last chapter in Exodus five, um, when when the first time Moses went to them and said, hey, our God is telling us, Aaron and Moses went to Pharaoh and said, hey, God told us, our God told us, he wants us to go out into the wilderness for three days to have a festival. And Pharaoh was like, y'all need to, nah, y'all, y'all just asking for this because, you know, Um, y'all whining and complaining i'm just gonna make this uh your life even harder i'm not even gonna provide the wheat or whatever that y'all need to make bricks and y'all still have to keep the same quota i'm gonna give you make it harder to do your job and you still gotta you know fulfill the task and so um where was i going with that chapter six i mean chapter five was saying all that I was about to make a point with that. But anyway, let's just keep going. (laughs) Verse 10. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, go and tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go from from his land. But Moses said in the Lord's presence, if the Israelites will not listen to me, then how will Pharaoh listen to me, since I am such a poor speaker? Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them commands concerning both the Israelites and Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. Or the note down here says, when it says poor speaker, it says it also can mean uncircumcised lips. And something else I'm reading on here, When of some of the commentaries I've kind of skimmed over. Like in Randa's Bible blog, she said that Moses says, and I said, uh, where is it? Where did the notes say? What's going on? Bible trivia, mania? Uncircumcised lips? Yeah, this note say like he was unskilled at speaking. so it could have mean it could be literal and symbolic when he says circumcised lips the different notes that I saw about this yeah the note says Moses pointed to his lack of eloquence as if that would somehow lead to the downfall of God's plan but God intended to deliver the people through his outstretched arm not through Moses' ability to captivate an audience because when I first read that of uncircumcised lips I was first thinking like hmm did Moses get circumcised he obviously, obviously had to get circumcised at one point I believe I need to read that too was he circumcised when this happened Let me see here. Yeah, I need to read more about like deeper into this, like when he uses the phrase uncircumcised lips. Everything I'm reading is just referring to the fact that he wasn't the greatest speaker. And I read some other note that was saying that there was like this kind of like respect and honor that the people the children of Israel did not have for Moses because he didn't like follow like a, a like a I guess he wasn't they didn't like he almost as though they didn't feel like he was part of them because he had been raised in the Egyptian household I don't know it's kind of like if I went like I my hometown is Kansas, is St Louis, but I'm in Kansas City I've been in Kansas City for like the last ten years or whatever and uh it'd be like me trying to go back home and trying to like influence the people there like you might have grew up here but like you've been gone for so long like what do, who are you to you know tell us what to do? I don't know there's so many different so many different um understandings or thoughts about this that I don't have to dig deeper into that that phrase uncircumcised lips or here it says he yeah, had poor speaker all right verse fourteen, genealogy of Moses and Aaron. these are the heads of their fathers' families, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, Hanuk Palu, Hezron and Carmi, these are the clans of Reuben, the sons of Simeon, Jamuel, Jamin, ohad. Sha- I don't even know. I don't know how I even said that last time. I think it's Jason. Um, or yeah, Jason, Jachin, Jachin. There you go. Zohar and Shaul, the son of a Canaanite woman. These are the clans of Simeon. These are the names of the sons of Levi according to their family records. Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. Levi lived 137 years. The sons of Gershon, Libni, and Shimei. By their clans the sons of Kohath, Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Uziel. Kohath lived 133, 133 years. The sons of Merari, Mali, and Mushi. These are the clans of the Levites according to their family records. Amram married his father's sister, Josabed, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. Amram lived 137 years. The son of Izhar. Korah, Nepheg, and Zikri, The sons of Uziel, Meshael, Elzaphan, and Sithri. Aaron married Elisheba. (laughs) Elisheba, hey Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Daughter of Amenadab and sister of Nashon. She bore him Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar. The sons of Korah, Asir, Elkanah, or, or Elkanah, and Ab- Abiasaph. These are the clans of the Korahites. Aaron's son, Eleazar, married one of the daughters of Petiel, and she bore him Phineas. These are the heads of the Levite families by their clans. Some might say Finhas or I like to say, to say Phinehas, I might be wrong, but let me finish this out. Then I'll read the note. It says it was this Aaron and Moses whom the Lord told bring the Israelites out of the land of Egypt, according to their military divisions, Moses and Aaron were the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, in order to bring the Israelites out of Egypt, Moses and Aaron before Pharaoh on the day the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, he said to him, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, everything I am telling you. But Moses replied in the Lord's presence, Since I am such a poor speaker, how will Pharaoh listen to me? Oh boy, it's going to get interesting. So this is the second time that Moses says, I'm a poor speaker, or a man of uncircumcised lips. So um, one other one note that I wanted to say uh, well, one about that, one about that is this, when God tells you to do something, it's not a suggestion, <laughs> suggestion, it's a command. And so it is important to like clearly hear the voice of the Lord when he's telling you to do something. And to know that he, if he tells you to do something, he's going to empower you with, and gonna equip you with everything that you need to do it. And so we're going to see what happens. As we listen to this and read through this and see what happens to Moses's life, now this this is the second time he says to God, like, "Hey, I, I, I am not, I'm not equipped for this job. Like, the Israelites won't even listen to me. Now you want expect Pharaoh to listen to me?" And so, but this is the beauty of the relationship he has with God that God is okay, engaging. This kind of dialogue and knowing that it's like God already knew that Mo- that Moses was going to say what he said and that he would be afraid, and so God had a plan, which we're going to talk about in Genesis. I mean Exodus seven about, and then one other note. Yes, um, Exodus six twenty five says then the note down here says the name Phinehas means the Negro or Nubian, a dark skinned people. Phinehas was the son of Eleazar and his wife a daughter of Petuel. Therefore, at least some of the citizens within Israel were giving birth to children whose names characterize them as Nubian or Negroes. Thus, the children of Israel must have been heterogeneous. Batiel's name provides us with a possible understanding of who his people were. The first three letters of Batiel's name appear to have a lexical etym- etymological link to put one of the sons of Ham. Where the name put is used in the Old Testament, it usually names African peoples. This would certainly explain how Phineas was born a Nubian in the midst of a Semitic congregation. So this is interesting because my entire life growing up, I was always always thought there weren't any black people in the Bible. Like I always thought of like, oh, they talk about the Egyptians, so like those are the bad folks. Like anybody that was black in the Bible, I just thought of as bad. I never in all the movies portray us. They don't really show Jesus with the brown skin that that in the wool hair that you know the thick hair, um, And the bronze skin that he's described as in the Bible. Um, Most of the like, cartoons, movies don't depict, depict Jesus and the other just Bible characters. People, not character. I'm like I'd say characters. Because my grandma always says like these aren't just characters; these are our ancestors. And so they don't depict our ancestors in the Bible the way often they're supposed to be portrayed. And some of that is just because that's how Hollywood gets down. And a lot of that is because when you have a group of people in the world who's the majority, they kind of dictate how the story is told. So anyway, it shouldn't be a hang up. Sometimes it is a challenge for me. When all the times I just see pictures of just this Clearly white Jesus with blue eyes And blonde hair and it's like Nah that's not Jesus Or, Or just when I see The disciples and just different people Like this in the Bible Not portrayed the way they're supposed to be portrayed Um It does bother me but I've learned over time to like Not let that be my focus At the end of the day Um because, yeah, it can it can take you down a, a really bad road, negative road when you make the race in the Bible your focus and say, oh, I'm not going to worship God. I'm not going to worship a white Jesus and all this stuff. I'm not going to follow a God. you know, all the things that are easy to get caught up on. But I just love how Tony Evans takes the time to actually highlight these stories in here and show that, yeah, Phineas name means the Negro or the Nubian. Like I've never read a study Bible that even highlighted that. <laughs> like um, they don't even think of think to even highlight stuff like that. Uh, sometimes it's kind of sad, but I feel like commentaries in the Christian world are just in the whole evangelical Christian experience, black people are kind of left out and not included. And so are just people of all races, like even yeah, Asian, like you name it, um, they're kind of like sometimes left out a lot, actually. And so, to where you can identify with well, like these stories, like I'm saying right now, like about Finhas, his name, Phineas, are actually brought up um, and highlighted just so that people can know the history behind it so anyway dear heavenly father i thank you for this word i thank you for this time in exodus 6 i thank you god that you are our father in heaven Hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever I, and amen. I just thank you for anyone that doesn't know you. I just pray that they would surrender their life to you. They'll ask you into their heart. As in Romans 323 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. None of my works, all of my works, all of my my good acts. They're just considered real, filthy rags, God. And I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that those that don't know you, they would just completely call out to you, God, and realize that you died on the cross for them so that they could escape death the eternal death the eternal damnation that was due to all of us but you sent your son Jesus to take our place lord and i thank you for your grace your mercy i pray that they would understand those simple concepts the the um mercy in that though we deserved death or while we were sinners god you died for us on the cross so that we would not have we do not have to endure the penalty of sin and the grace, God, the undeserved, unmerited favor that we have. That on top of that salvation of you dying on the cross, we also have your blessing on our life. Um, in times where it seems like you're not around, or it seems like you're distant, you're not. You have a plan and you have a purpose for for us, from start to finish. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that we do not have to be fear. You have not given us a spirit of slavery, a fear that will cause us to go back into slavery. But you have given us a spirit of adoption, Lord, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Watch over us. Keep us Surround us with your angels as we go out through this day. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Till next time. Hey, 32 minutes. We did it. Talk to y'all later. Have a good day.
1: Caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. Caught up in this whole. I'm sorry When I just sang another song Take me back to where we started I open up my heart to you I'm sorry When I've come with my agenda I'm sorry I forgot that you enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I'm caught up in your presence. I just wanna sit here. At Caught up in this holy moment I never want